Hey, hello, buddies. It's editor Casey here. Just wanted to give you a brief content warning. Uh, in this episode, we discuss a Hey Arnold story called Mugged, wherein Arnold is mugged. So a uh, content warning here for violence and for mugging. And uh, we also discuss an upsettingly plausible interpretation of those events. Uh, so content warning as well for the topic of sexual assault. We don't make jokes about it. We're not monsters. Uh, we believe that the episode was intended to code the events that happened to Arnold in such a way as to introduce an upsetting and difficult topic to a younger audience. And, uh, we believe that that idea deserves discussion and interpretation for its efforts. Um, especially considering the psychological damage that Arnold undergoes uh, during the episode and his efforts to reclaim his own identity and self sense of self. Um, so that is for the first half. Uh, for the second half, there is, in fact, also a content warning for farts. So other than that, you should be good to go. We hope you enjoy. Uh, thank you for listening. Take care of yourselves out there. Good night and good luck. Hey, all our buddies, and welcome back to the Gerald Field Report, the only Hey Arnold watch-through podcast brought to you from the secret Zen garden room located on a third floor of your apartment building that appears or disappears at need. For my part, I am old C.W. Hills. Joining me here is my pal, Thony. How you doing, Thony? I'm good. It's 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 week 28 of our social distancing. I don't remember yep. what the outside feels like. Nope. But um, really glad we're getting that out of the way. <laughs> right at the beginning. Now we don't have to talk about it anymore. We don't yeah, have to talk about the fact that every that I spend eight hours a day talking on the phone and that uh, a non-zero number of the people I'm going to talk to are going to die before this is over. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Hey, at least we're all getting $1,200. Oh, thank Christ. I'm, I'm $1,200. Actually, I'm actually like pretty happy uh, because I'm getting $600 a week added to my unemployment benefits. Which means I'm making eight hundred dollars a week, which is more than I normally make a week. So, all right, the system works for Thony. Yep. Well, well done. Uh, yeah, for most people though, that twelve hundred dollars is going straight into their landlord's pockets. So, I think, well, I, done. I, I think a lot of like states are suspending those kind of things. So, yeah, guys, before so. you pay Otherwise, your landlord and instead of buying something fun for yourself, just, like, check online. See if there's any laws or provisions that your on. city has for protections of of uh, renters. Renters. Yeah. Arizona just uh, the day before yesterday passed a statewide stay inside mandate. I've got papers. I've got a paper specifically allow allowing when me to travel. When did they do it? Or working home like two or three days ago. And I don't know that it's like legally enforceable. Like the paper I have from my job just says, hey, this guy is an essential worker. He works for an urgent care. We need him. Don't give him any shit. But there's there's definitely no legal language on there. <laughs> like there's nothing. <laughs> and which which is an interesting question because I don't know that the like the stay-at-home mandate, I don't know that it's legally binding. It's not like like it's you're an honor free system to thing. travel and but what what's happening is um you're like they've closed down a like non-essential businesses um 
Gavin Newsom in California uh, has closed down all parks, all beaches, all hiking trails, all anything that people can do and congregate outside. Uh, And so they're they're not able to, like, prevent you from leaving your house, but they're making it, like, so there's no reason for you to leave your house unless you're going grocery Which is pretty smart, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, otherwise you just end up with Florida. And and you got some yeah, Florida. I think they they still haven't announced anything that they're doing. No social distancing no, guidelines. There's, there's, nothing there's like pressure. That. There's pressure mounting on Florida's governor, and uh, he does not seem to care. Which I mean, on brand, if nothing else. Yeah. Yeah, um, Jacksonville. I've been like, and I'm I'm Come really on, interested governor about Mendoza. the uh, the um, innovation that a lot of these states are doing. Uh, I mean, not states, businesses are doing to still drum up business. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, there's a, there's a movie midnight movie kind of group called uh, secret movie club. Uh, the Max and I go to movies, uh, no, sorry, not secret Uh movie club, uh, cinema void. There's a bunch of them. Uh, of course. No, it had to be called cinema. Yeah. Um, cinema void. Uh, they do, and they do midnight movie club sometimes, uh, but they haven't been able to host at movie theaters. So on Friday right. night at 1130 at night, they posted a YouTube video stream of some random ass B movie uh, That's that we could watch for an hour and a half. And then they deleted it right after. Um, so, uh, yeah, things are going well. But let's let's get down to what That's we really fun. Uh, what people people are not here to talk to talk Hi, about the coronavirus, and I don't think Max is listening to this. Uh, I hope Max is listening to. Like, look, Max and I have had our differences in the past. We've had creative contretemps, but we are united in our love of phony, and also in our pretty decent beards, and also in the shockingly high number of people that we both knew that went to my high school. So you know what? If there's anything that the 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 COVID explosion has taught me, it's that there's 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 no time to there's there's no time to waste not being cool to people right so max you're cool in my book what's yeah, up and you, come, I, you can come do it you can come do a guest spot tell us what your favorite hey arnold is you can come do a guest spot oh I'll, def- I'll definitely let him do that then uh we'll talk about that uh after we talk about this episode yeah because this is what people have so, come down for it's true not come down with so we watched uh, by Hulu's Reckoning, which again is always something of a question mark. Season one, episode nine, Mugged slash Roughing It. Uh, the quick breakdown in Mugged: Arnold is on the bus minding his own goddamn business. He gets mugged, as the title might suggest. Uh, he undergoes a transformative martial arts montage that is more than a little racist in hindsight. Uh, becomes a badass, then becomes drunk with power, loses it all, and decides to return to who he was, having learned some valuable lessons. Uh, an alternate summary of this episode. Uh, sure. Arnold is sexually assaulted in a uh, in a dark alley in his city, uh, suffers from PTSD from the rest of the episode, right. and there is no real resolution of him not having that PTSD anymore. Uh, so is this all right is is this something that they're and i don't i don't mean to be a real dylan about this 
but is this something that there is like textual evidence for or or is this something that like the fan community has said no this thing is actually a symbol for this other thing uh, no i mean this is me like i mean this is what we're doing we're doing critical film analysis of hey arnold so right i have seen this episode a bunch of times and this is the conclusion i have gotten for this episode okay. and i have like a bunch of it's anecdotal evidence because it's a cartoon there's no hard evidence that these are things that have actually happened but right. uh like we can talk about why i definitely feel like he's he's suffering from ptsd from this how what well, no, happened I, was I'm, definitely I'm not with just you, with a PTSD. mugging uh well, there's no such thing as just a mugging. Yeah. But yeah, you're abso- I'm, I'm absolutely there with you on the PTSD. I want to know, and I, I'm, I'm very angry that my life and decisions have forced me into a place where I have to say these words, but tell me more about your theory regarding the sexual assault of this main child character, because what the fuck? Okay. So, um, Arnold's walking down the street. Um, right. He doesn't get mugged on the He's bus. On the bus. He loses. No, he does not. He he. Well, I mean, he, he starts out on the bus. Whatever. He gets off. He's walking down the street. Someone yeah. way older than him, way bigger oh, yeah. than a him, a grown human man, consistently referred to as a kid, but clearly a grown man. So help me God, yellow eyes with yellow eyes that make him look not human. Okay, correct. Uh, this monster and or jaundiced. Okay, like, like I've seen enough, like, 80s movies, 90s TV shows, special episodes. You've seen Thriller enough times. Whatever, to know what a mugging should look like in the TV world, which is okay. someone comes up with a gun or a knife, points yep. it at you and says, hey, punk, give me what you got. Not there's usually a measure of a measure of distance maintained between mugger and muggy. It's and, rarely and... up close and physical. Never, ever, Arnold is walking down the the street and is grabbed and yeah, you're not wrong. his mouth covered so that Ugh. they cannot hear him scream Yoink. and shoved into a dark alley. Well, uh, we're definitely putting and, some content warnings at the beginning of this episode now. Uh, yeah. Um, and no mugging, especially if you're a compliant... Like, I've had friends who are mugged. Uh, no yeah. mugging ends with that amount of of damage to both the body and the clothing uh, right. of an individual. Well, and that's, that's interesting because in cartoons, like, you, you, mostly you're not going to be able to show a character, like, cut and bleeding or with visible wounds. So, like, clothing damage or just, like, the little hash marks on clothes to to express dirtiness are part of the visual language of, oh, this character got roughed up. But you're you're absolutely right. Like, there are tears. Like, the clothing, the clothing is visibly torn and damaged, not just – it doesn't not, – not just with that visual language imprinted on it. Yeah. So, again, like, this is – and, yeah, definitely content warnings uh, for this episode. Um, I'll put one at the, at the top. Yep. Um, they, like, like even, like, kind of grandma's reaction to Arnold when she finds out that he's hurt. She grabs his face. She moves his body. She's looking at body parts. It's – Jesus. It's – I mean, like, it's all on his face. But again, like, right. this is stuff I've never really seen in terms of I was just mugged episodes of TV shows. Um, right. And, like, 
I feel like like muggings are bad. Muggings are scary. I don't think muggings cause this level of PTSD uh, for individuals who are. Mm. Um, I mean, for a kid, for a kid I who mean, doesn't understand necessarily that the world. Well, and even then, that's that's got to be a deeply individual reaction, right? I mean, it, it probably depends on how not professional your mugger was but i mean like if you have a mugger that says you know look i'm mugging you give me your stuff i don't want to hurt you and we'll both go on our way versus one who's like actively threatening you or brandishing a weapon in your face or whatever you the comment card you leave is going to be different based on how that goes right so i i don't know i i don't think there's any one realistic or plausible reaction to a mugging just because i mean you're absolutely right it's it's got to be incredibly traumatic and invasive and the way that those emotions are handled is a is a deeply personal thing and then and then like like we can actually talk about this episode beyond that now like i definitely got the feeling that this is a very special episode kind of territory yeah uh uh, which makes lends credence to my theory about this, um, because there have been a lot of uh, different strokes had uh, the pedophile episode, like right. um, Saved by the Bell had the caffeine addiction episode, like like TV shows, especially TV shows geared Small towards Wonder children. Had the episode where where Vicky got tricked into selling pills to the kids at the schoolyard. You know those elementary kids while trying to buy drugs from robots. See, I don't remember that one, but I do remember the Small Wonder episode where you find out that one of their friends was a child abductee. Jesus. And the the ending of that episode was everything is back to normal. Like Oof. I don't think they ever saw their friend again, but like they <laughs> like I think that the hook was like was like Vicky saw him on the back of a, like a, a milk, milk carton, carton and something oh God, like that, that. Dark. But, but like, like a lot of these episodes like have some sort of resolution and then they talk about what was happening in that episode and everything ends up fine. This one just kind of ended <laughs> like, yeah, like... which is, which is a realistic sort of conclusion to a story involving trauma because and, they're... and robots <laughs> and robots. Because uh, that's that's what that's the main mistake a lot of people make when they have something traumatic happen in their lives or when they go through a big life change is getting back to normal. And the the reality of it is that there there is no getting back to normal. There's only moving forward, right? Um, there's Arnold. Arnold can't go back to not being mugged. So and and like like this. Like I said, this episode definitely feels like a very special episode sitcom. It's right. not very funny. There are not a, there are a few gags in his training montage, but to the extent yeah. of like even like some of the other serious episodes of Harold that we've dealt with, uh, had a lot of gags in it, had a lot of funny things. I maybe wrote down three things that I definitely yeah. uh, found was funny. Um, no, this is a more this is a more contemplative sort of internal episode. Right. So. Arnold returns home. Uh, Grandma gives him the once over. Grandpa's talking to him. Uh, Mr. Wynn, uh, in in one of the few funny moments, <laughs> so, how big was this punk? Big, big punk. <laughs> Made me very happy. Very big. Yeah, I um, was not doing a caricature of a Vietnamese man for fun. I was repeating a funny line from the episode. Um, uh, 
Grandpa, as most male authority figures do uh, in families, mm-hmm. was like, Arnold just needs to learn how to defend himself, and he'll be fine. Right. He got to learn some of that self-defense. He needs to learn Violence to himself. Violence an economy, and he needs to start he, drawing he, a paycheck. He needs to start learning himself some of that haiku. Yep. <laughs> Wait, recurring thing I want to note. Grandma offers to make him some green tea. But Arnold says he'll make some hot chocolate instead and retires. That'll be important later. Um, I would like to read a Hey Arnold haiku that I've made uh, specifically for you. this episode. I am so fucking glad you're my best friend, dude. God, please, yes. Please do. Arnold was mugged. He needs to learn self-defense. Granny will teach him. There you go. Eloquent in its brevity. Um, and that's what happens. Uh, as we've established in uh, a lot of other episodes, uh, Grandma's a fucking badass. She has lived awesome. the biggest life that anybody has ever lived. Um, and a thousand lifetimes. She is definitely a karate master. Yes. He wakes up. He is sprung upon by Grandma, who has apparently spent some years in Shanghai. And this is the introduction of, it's not a goof exactly, it's not a gag, but it's one of my favorite recurring bits, which is that the boarding house has a room, much like Hogwarts, uh, dedicated to whatever the episode needs it to. This is the first instance of that. They have a secret Zen garden room, which I can't tell if that's supposed to be carpet or if they literally just trucked a bunch of sand up there. Um, It's definitely sand. I'm getting a call. Hold on. 800. Fucking Doug Ducey! Stop calling me, Doug Ducey! I'm not gonna vote for you! You're a terrible governor! Decline! Ugh. Sorry. It's sand. Yeah, it's sand. (laughs) (laughs) It's so, um... Grandma begins to teach him the way of the what's-it clearing of the mind. When you can snatch the fly from my hand, your training will be complete. Training montage. Rooftop kata. Breaking boards. Kicking a soda can off Phil's head. Uh, kicking uh, the nuts into Grandpa's body. Correct. Up into the body cavity will almost certainly require surgery to extract. Eventually, he manages to snatch the fly from Grandma's hand. He is ready. The karate expo at the garage. Everybody comes up. They have a big old neighborhood get-together. He's breaking boards. He's breaking cinder blocks. He's kicking a can off Harold's head. All things that we saw him fail at before. And now, instead of merely feeling safe again, he's walking around like a fucking chud wearing his gi. Like, all day, walking around the city barefoot with his headband on like that kid in third grade. Yeah. Uh, actually, there was, yeah. A, there was a guy in uh, at my high school uh, who every single person in the school referred to him as Shadow Man. <laughs> Go on. Um, the, wait, the Marvel character? No, he's just Shadow Man. That was it. Like, okay. He is, like, definitely, like, goth karate weirdo. Uh, okay. But I remember distinctly at one point in time in my life, I am driving home from school and he is walking uh, with like the karate pants, uh, sure. black karate pants, a trench coat, sure. no shirt, holding yeah. a katana and just walking sure. down Lancaster Boulevard. Living his best life. God bless. So yeah. Arnold has not been brought peace by this training. 
much like the the blade itself is an invitation to violence having having earned this new power he does not feel safe but instead seeks to use it uh he has revenge in his heart he longs to once again meet the bus pass creep and exact his revenge gerald uh is attempting to like act as the voice of reason and arnold's having none of it because Arnold is clearly suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, and this is the only yeah. way he can feel like uh, he can cope with it. Um, there are exactly. a few good scenes in it. Uh, uh, it shows Arnold as the protector. You see, um, I think it's Brainy and uh, Eugene. Eugene, I think. Uh, yeah. Uh, being actually mugged by people in yeah. in this episode. Not subtext and- mugged. And you can tell, like, like the difference between what's happening to them and what happens to Arnold is like night and day for me. Uh, That's a point. Um, so Arnold comes and and just does some cool karate moves. Doesn't even hit anybody, but snaps every single toothpick that these people are wearing are having their mouths, uh, and they run away scared because. Uh, I would be scared if someone just flicked their yeah. wrist and and broke a toothpick out of my mouth. Absolutely. On the one day you decide to take one of the toothpicks your granddad whittled from the tree outside his childhood home and entrusted to your care and keeping, he said, no, you know what? Today's the day. I'm going to step out. I'm going to feel like a million bucks with this piece of hundred-year-old wood between my teeth, this ancestral object. Nothing bad's going to happen. Wait a minute. Here come some children with baked goods. Allow me to relieve you of your burden, young men. You're going to develop diabetes from all the processed sugar. Casey? Yes, sir. That seems oddly specific. Well, <laughs> diabetes is a plague upon the nation. Did you did you did it's your so grandfather whittle a toothpick for you from the hundred year old so tree in his backyard? Are diabetics. So Arnold is much like a guy who gets a gun because he's scared and then becomes one of those real gun like assholes. Uh, he's becoming someone other than who he is. He's doing the you talking to me speech into the mirror. He's becoming a real asshole at school, like knocking people over, knocking books out of hands, knocking people into lockers. Helga, for her part, is shocked and heartbroken. And I think, I think that's our, their only shot of her this episode. Because this is not the man she stalks from afar and collects samples from the body of. Yeah. Um... So he, uh, they kind of show his progression of just becoming more and more engrossed in this karate man persona. Um, at yeah. one point, and I think this is probably out of everything, this is the most upsetting thing that happened in the episode. Um, mm-hmm. some guy in suspend, yep. I mean, in overalls came and he's kind of aggressive the way he approaches some, like, hey, some big Lenny guy. Yeah. He's some like, Lenny hey. Smalls. Hey, you! And Arnold turns around without even thinking, just does his karate Slap stuff. drops him. And literally it's melts frappe. the guy's yep. clothes off his body. It's and awful. He's, he's just, he starts sobbing and crying and saying, I just wanted to... I just wanted to know where's the bus stop? <laughs> yeah. And then he runs away. And I'm like, I'm like, there's yep. just something about the image of a, 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 uh, definitely a, an older man uh, either a grown man or a very large like baby child yeah uh yeah uh running away in whitey tidies with his yeah. clothes melted off his body scared Just out of his mind uh because and and this is this is like i i hate to be all 
let's really delve into this. But I think this kind of talks about the cycle of abuse. Um, oh yeah. Issues that, that, that abuse causes in families. Um, Arnold didn't intend to give this other yeah. guy PTSD, but you know, this guy has, has like, is going to have some underlying issues for for what happened to him for the rest of his life. Yeah. Uh, this guy's never going to go up to another little kid on the street and just go, Hey again, which like maybe he shouldn't have done that in the first place, but I'm not, you know, not to what were you wearing, but like, it's just like, he's, he's, he's never going to be able to just walk the streets and ask somebody where the bus stop is again. Or, or even like, I don't even know if he'd want to walk the streets anymore or go to well, buses he didn't want to be walking anymore, the streets in the first place. Anyways. He wanted to be riding the bus. Um, so Arnold, Arnold like is a little shaken by what he had just done, um, mm-hmm. because he, he has become what he hates. Uh, he enters the bus, and uh, this is one of the things that I I really just like in Southland Tales. It's 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 there's these small moments that I really really appreciate about continuity in this episode. Arnold enters the bus and throws change into the the little Bye. change receptacle. Because he lost his bus pass. Jangle, so, jangle. and, and like a lot of times when I watch this show, I see, uh, I see them actually putting change on the bus. Like in most cartoons, you'd assume, oh, they're just getting on the bus, whatever. It doesn't matter. Right. If they just get on and they sit down. It it's fine. Yeah. In this show specifically, uh, they show them either showing a bus pass or, or paying to get their fare on the bus. Um, uh, Grandma Gertie, who is definitely some sort of, like, I I don't know the word, deity, otherworldly yeah, mi- creature, figure, definitely. Uh, is sitting at the bus as if she Spirit knew exactly guy. which bus Arnold was going to get on at the exact moment yep. in time, uh, at the exact point in time where he needed her and her guidance. Because that's the kind of person Grandma Gertie is. What I really appreciate about her in this episode is, yes, she's being karate master, uh, but she's, like, stepped out of her just kind of bizarre weirdness um, for the sake of Arnold. She's way down. Yeah. And, and like, like, and it's Tress McNeil. Tress McNeil does crazy voice very, very well. And, and to hear her just kind of have a mellowed, mellowed out, like toned down voice, uh, I think really speaks to the severity of what Arnold is dealing with in this episode. Yeah. Um, so they have a brief conversation about how the tool that he reached for to make him feel safe has instead, uh, caused him to inflict upon others that which was done to him. And, uh, he says, this Bruce Lee karate lifestyle I've been cultivating. It's all a big power trip. Well, how so? I was just using it to show off. And then I went too far and made a big mistake. And now I just want to forget about it. And that uh, that is what taught me what the word cultivate means when I was a very small boy. I remember that moment very clearly. I was like, oh, I know what that means. And what's interesting is, Thony, the word cultivate uh, comes from the same root as the word cult. So a cult... Uh, has a very, you know, negative connotation in our modern society. But originally, a cult was just like the group of priests and priestesses and uh, and devotees of a particular god who would carry out that god's rites and do all their stuff because they were seen as caring for that god, as 
uh, nurturing it like you would, you know, like a plant or, or, you know, animals or whatever. So Arnold, in a very real sense, he has been like trying to nourish and intentionally build this stronger, meaner version of himself that can't be hurt, but also can't do anything but hurt anyone else. Right. Um, it's, it's very interesting. I had no idea that, uh, the origins of that word and Mm -hmm. i'm like i'm wondering how i mean like words always change and melt and turn into different things i'm wondering how just like a giant baby man's clothes oh (laughs) like 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 there are a few moments of this show that i remember as a child just upsetting me uh yeah Lockjaw being all graffitied and dirtied up, and then this yeah. this guy's clothes. I just remember being deeply. And he's got just like, like the ups- collar of his shirt is just hanging around. Is oh, it's very yeah. bad. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Grandma Gertie and Arnold are talking about uh, Arnold's life. What what's right. actually going on with him? Uh, when in a cruel twist of fate. Uh, the man that precipitated all of the events that have happened uh, enters the bus and he gets on the bus using Arnold's bus pass with mm-hmm. Arnold's name face Arnold on Born. it. Yes. Um, and he's walking and he sees an old lady uh, in a karate outfit. Let, let's talk about the fact sure. that Grandma Gertie is wearing her karate outfit in solidarity. Yeah, and Arnold. she can pull it off. Unlike Arnold, I feel like if I saw, like, an old rail-thin lady walking around in a karate outfit, I would I would pay her a respectful distance. I I don't know. It, there's just a different vibe. It's like a nine-year-old kid going around, like, yeah, I got my yellow belt. But, like, I feel like an old lady would break you in half. This guy this guy is, is like, like the ballsiest guy I've ever met. He, he goes right For up real. to her. There is, like, in full public, this is not in some deep alley. Which, again, Mm-mm. makes me, makes me... This is, again, leading credence to why I think what happened happened to Arnold. Because uh, he mugs he mugs Grandma Gertie. There's no grabbing. There's no hiding. There's right. nothing like that. He's just like, hey, I like your purse. Give me your purse. And and uh, she takes the purse. Um, I, I forgot. He calls her a name um, at some point in time. And... Grandma gives uh, was probably one of the most about profound. The, talks about her purple hair, I think. Oh yeah, uh, one of the most profound like lines I've ever seen in a TV show. Something that sticks with me to the to this day. Um, Sticks and stones may break my bones, and I think the thing is, all kids like know what the ending of of this line is supposed to be, but words will right. never hurt me. Uh, but, but again, words Arnold... will leave psychological scars that may never heal. But um, like Arnold, and we talked about this earlier. Arnold has never, hey, Arnold has never like straight away from using or talking about concepts or phrases that are definitely way over children's head. Um, but not Plays so way she up says to its audience every time. Uh, exactly. Uh, so she says, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words are brittle chimes in a windstorm. I love that way more than words will never hurt me because the idea is that it's not that 
Words can hurt you. Words you may not know they that can words and can do. hurt They hurt me. more than most things that, yeah. But words have, words have the power that you allow them to have. So words Correct. are brittle chimes in a windstorm. Chimes are, are resilient things. Uh, they move, they do stuff like that, but are as easily broken as they are um, resilient. Uh, and I think that's, I don't know, I, I really, really loved that line. Yeah, it's a really good line. Also pretty good, the mystery contents of Grandma's purse. Because <laughs> he just yoinks it. And opens it up, and inside is like, I don't even know what we're looking at. It looked like a box full of gray pencils, or I don't know. I don't know what it was. It was just like miscellaneous old lady grandma purse stuff. Uh, it's at that moment that this man realizes that the boy that he had uh, roughed up earlier in the episode is sitting right next to the old lady. Which, Arnold has a very, very unique face shape. Um, mm-hmm. Is the kind of person that stands out in a crowd. The guy literally just used his bus pass with his picture on it. How did he not notice Arnold was there when he, they're the only two people on the fucking bus? Well, because he's uh, he's only interested in the exertion of power. the The individual doesn't matter. Right. He doesn't see he doesn't see persons. He only sees vectors uh, for the exertion of control upon. So uh, he's like, oh, hey, you're that kid I stole the bus pass from and probably did other things to in that dark alley. Probably. And uh, I don't I mean, I'm not happy that I believe that now, but here we are. Um, and this is a very somber episode. Like we are not we are not like it approaching is. this with uh, the enthusiasm we usually do, which I think it, it fits the kind of episode that we're talking about. Um, no, I he pulls like, out the dude, bus pass before. Like I was, I was editing another episode. It was the like the fucking what was it? Arnold's hat and and stoop kid and like that was also some serious shit. But we were having a lot of fun with it at least. <laughs> yeah, this one. I mean, this is this is uh, especially as an educator, especially as someone who deals with. Um, uh, kids who are in abusive situations. This is something that's right. very important to me and something that really speaks to me. Uh, it's a that's very, fair. very important issue. So I don't want to take light of it. The next episode uh, is going to be a lot more fun. Um, yeah, it's going to have the good goofs. Um, so the punk has the bus pass and uh -huh. is... And uh, and and it might be my favorite line, bit. might be my favorite line in the entire episode, which is, Grandma, it's the kid who stole my bus pass. Chill, my son. <laughs> Made me very happy. Also, referring to this guy as a kid, clearly a grown man. That's Absolutely, just me. clearly a like, grown man. Like, he's walking man, around I wearing, mean, like, a Frankenstein jacket. I mean, he could be, like, 15 or 16. Like, that's the thing about know. this show is Ruth McDougal, the 11-year-old, was a grown-ass woman to us when we were children. Um, that's true. And something something we, we did gloss over just a little bit was when they had that conversation about how this lifestyle Arnold has been cultivating doesn't make him feel any safer or any happier. It's It's just made him angrier. Um, and that he just wants to forget about it. The point is, and Gertie explains to him, 
With that, his training is complete. The training isn't the ability to break a cinder block or kick a can off of Harold's head. The The training is the understanding that uh, you have to be as the frog on the pond, as they say, do not seek the fly, but let the fly come to you. Right, and that's exactly what happens. The fly comes to him. Uh, the mugger oh takes out Arnold's bus pass and taunts him with it and says, if you want this bus pass from me, you're going to have to grab it. Not knowing that Arnold spent what had to have been at least three days yep. staring at Grab. I don't know the whole time. I like to think he had like a Rolodex of them. Um, staring at Grandma's hand, trying to catch a fly. So, uh, he's kind of moving the bus pass around, making it hard for Arnold to catch. Mm -hmm. And I have like, I like the really symbolism of this final scene where it kind of goes back and forth between Arnold during his training and this guy and eventually the fly and this guy morph, which was so cool because he's got those yellow eyes and makes him look Uh like a not human. So it makes him really look like that fly. Uh, and at the very last, almost like a lightning flashes, Arnold grabs the bus pass with ease and scares the shit out of the sky the living hell out of mr frankenstein jacket um he he uh arnold joins it back the dude is instantly cowed and uh gives arnold his uh the bus fare back with interest gives grandma her purse back and then just fucking zoops yep uh and arnold like i think gets a little bit of closure um, I, I'd like to think that this was kind of the resolution Arnold needed for his body and mind yeah. to be at peace. Uh, yeah. And the episode ends. Cause it ends, right? Closure, There's not anything like end. that afterwards. Um, yeah. No, that's about it. Well, no, there is one thing. There is one thing, and I want to talk about it in a second. But as Emily V. Gordon taught us, um, closure is not something that anyone else can give you. Uh, It's never, ever dependent on the other person. It's something you have to allow yourself. And in all of his preparation for this rematch, for this showdown, Arnold was, was leveraging his ability to heal, his ability to return who he was. He was leveraging that on the concept of meeting this guy and taking it out on him and showing him what was what and who was who and asserting his dominance of personality over that guy, essentially turning the tables on him, essentially, you know, doing unto this guy what this guy did unto him. Uh, and when he realizes that, when he has that reversal um, of understanding with grandma that like no no amount of knocking kids into lockers and melting off poor uh, Lenny Smalls who only just saved up enough from his rabbit farm with George to uh, take a trip to the big city and just wanted to know where the bus stop was like no amount of walking the streets uh randomly assaulting innocent citizens is is going to make him who he wants to be again because only he can let him do that only right. only he can can find his own closure and absolutely so he literally he literally takes his identity back in the form of his bus pass yeah he takes amazing. his name and face back oh, yeah oh man that's so good. cool so that's great. very good 
this dude was holding his face, holding his name, because it says yeah. name Arnold, born yes, <laughs> which is one of the better jokes <laughs> ever, <laughs> but certainly one of the best jokes of this episode. But yeah, and he takes his name and face back and becomes who he was supposed to be again. And this is summed up even more subtly when they go back to the uh, boarding house. And they go inside, and Gertie says, let's go inside, and I'll make us some green tea. And Arnold says again, thanks, maybe I'll just have hot chocolate. Meaning that he wants to be who he is again. Yeah. it's I love it. Yeah. And Arnold, like, loves hot chocolate. And that's, who doesn't? that's a recurring theme in this episode. Jerks. That's who don't like it. Jerks. And jerks speaking of jerks. Like Sony. Yeah, what? we'll get to some jerks, but first, no, this is important. Tony, tell me about your preferred hot chocolate. Do you like? Do you like uh, it? I there like is... it thin myself. Okay, so uh, I'm very, very particular. Um, Lando Lakes, Lando sure. Lakes, uh, the which butter people is the butter people <laughs> uh, have their own line of instant hot chocolates. And it's amazing, sure. as you would expect okay. a butter company I mean, that adds to up, make yeah. hot chocolate. <laughs> um, Math checks out. Uh, there is there is one specific kind of hot chocolate. It's Arctic White. I'm a huge fan of white chocolate. I love, love, love white chocolate. Um, mm-hmm. They, uh, I cook it with uh, heavy whipping cream. Uh, I boil sure. heavy whipping cream. I because we've we've talked about the heavy whipping cream in another episode. We have, yep. Um, did you ever Boy, try that? Just... Did Did you try? No, because Casey? I know there's no going it's back. Just intimidating. <laughs> no, I'm not ready, though. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, uh, I either do that or half and half. Usually, I'll, I'll pick a half and half. I like a heavier fat content in my my hot chocolate. Uh, fuck those sure. guys who use water for their hot chocolate. Those are psychopaths yep. and should never ever fuck exist. Me. Okay, just this water past in Christmas. Hot chocolate. <laughs> Just this past Christmas, uh, I had gotten my missus an instant pot, and we um, we made like recipe hot chocolate. Like there was condensed milk, and we melted chocolate chips, and it was it was a whole involved thing, and it took like three hours. And don't get me wrong, it was delicious, but it was also like drinking several mugs full of pudding. I don't know. It just it it really weighed me down. And made me feel so, sticky and bad. Yeah, I've had, I've had, I've had like thick, hot, like real hot chocolate. And real hot chocolate, it's very, very thick. Um, yeah, I did, I did a volunteer filling. event uh, for Lupus Lupus LA. Uh, they have this big like gala right. dinner uh, once a year, um, and I volunteered at one. And the nice thing is, as a volunteer, once everybody's done, you get to round around and get all of the leftovers like a rat. <laughs> uh, Sure. But they have these big, giant, huge hot chocolate machines with thick, thick, like, rich. Definitely, mm-hmm. they melted that hot chocolate later than I... It's okay. No. I don't like it. Not uh, I need my hot chocolate with a high fat content, definitely. I need it to feel creamy. I need it to taste creamy. But the idea of having nope. a thick hot chocolate is not... Uh, it's very upsetting. And just water, hot Tony. chocolate and water just is weird to me. Okay, no. Well, here's the thing. You know me. You know that I take my beverages very seriously, much more seriously than I take food. Yeah. Um, yeah. To the point to the point where, like, if I can't get the appropriate beverage with the food I want to eat, I will just get different food. Um, so I want – when I get a beverage, I want to be able to drink a lot of it. I want to be able to keep the flow going 
And that means monitoring a couple of things. Because, like, I can't have three or four mugs full of thick, rich, creamy hot chocolate or I'm going to die. But I can have a steady supply throughout the afternoon of thin, piping hot, watery hot chocolate and not feel yeah, like I'm okay. die. Also, the calorie so, count So, is Casey, Casey, yes, sir. like, like use uh, low-fat milk, use skim milk, use 2%, okay. 1%, whatever. But we're there's a, two, a we're huge... We're a 1% household, actually. We are part of the 1%. Like, there, there's, there is a, like, like, there's not that big of a difference between drinking water and drinking 1% milk. But there is a huge difference right. in the quality of hot chocolate you will have, where you can still drink a lot of, a huge amount of qu- quantity of that watery hot chocolate. But there is something about adding that milk content into something that definitely begs to have a milk content in it. Uh, All right. That makes hot chocolate a thousand times better. And this is not this is not like me trying to steer you down a bad path, uh, like the heavy whipping cream is. No. Um, but no, like this I used isn't to, you trying to get me hooked. But like this is this I used to be a water hot chocolate person. I started using milk, and then I realized, oh, like it, it's night and day. Like why have I ever drank it without milk before? Um, but yeah. Uh, any other final thoughts in this uh, somber episode? No, uh, I'm always amazed at the things we realize just in the course of talking about a thing. Um, right. I love you, and I'm so glad we're doing this. Because, Absolutely. Like, the, I mean, you know, I, I, t- I watched this episode and I took notes probably more than a week ago now because we intended to record twice last time and weren't able to do it. But like I was actually, I just had this on TV just now, uh, volume down in the background while I was editing, um, the latest peculiar objects just to, you know, sort of refresh myself. Uh And like, I watched through it. I read through my notes and I'm like, yeah, I remember all this stuff. That's good. But there's, there's just something about talking about it with you that sparks other things. Um, yeah, and I think, I and, think I, like, and I that's... don't just mean the incredibly upsetting allegations of child molestation. <laughs> um, I think, and I think that's yeah, like like last week uh, in our episode about uh, the list and us diving into yep. Odysseus and and that was uh, so good, the Odyssey and stuff like that. And I don't think either of us intended to have that conversation when we did it, but that's the nope. stuff. And I think this is why this podcast is succeeding more than dollar theater did, because even though we really like talking about movies, there was no real substance to what we were saying. Uh, and yeah. this is one of my favorite things to do is talk about like learn and understand what is this episode? What are these episodes trying to uh, tell us? What what is the story shape being used here, and why? And also with a, with a movie, there's just too damn much to talk about. Unless you want to have a three hour podcast episode, and nobody wants that. Nobody wants to listen to that. Yeah, I'm surprised people want to listen to podcasts of Hey Arnold episodes that are longer than the episodes and yet, themselves. Here we are, thousands of listeners. I presume. So I hope so. Uh, season one, episode nine, part two, roughing it, Phony. Uh, you a camping? You a camper? You bring camping? I I I, camping? I, I am. I, I was a camping person until I got fat, and now I'm no longer a camping person. Fair enough. You still dress up as a camp counselor, though. I saw those. I saw those pictures. Yeah, because I went to I went to a movie marathon called Camp Void, uh, in which uh, it was a 12 hour marathon where we watched camped themed movies, and it was amazing. 
We watched uh, Friday the 13th Part 4. Um, meatballs 2, the best meatballs. Sure. Yeah. Da, 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 summer. Ton of fun the summer. It's, it's the summer because yeah. it's fun in the summer. Uh, meatballs 2 is the one that has the alien in it, uh, which is Correct. the best thing. Uh, with the, uh, with the extremely that. Jewish space parents, if I recall. There was like I forgot the name of the movie. It was really dumb. It was like mutant creatures from the deep or something like that. Sure. So so stupid. Uh, we watched one called Private Resort, uh, which is one of uh, Johnny Depp's uh, like first movies, even before like Twenty One Jump Street. Uh, it's a wow. sexy kind of Porky's esque uh, romp sure. around a private beach resort. Um, we watched. Uh, Tourist Trap, which uh, if you hate mannequins, you'll hate this movie. Uh, and then <laughs> we ended it with uh, The Hills Have Eyes. It was it was fantastic. Um, Twelve hours Upsetting in a movie classic. theater. Um, Have you ever seen The Burning? No, that's uh, that's on my list though. Yeah, I've that's only seen it camp once themed. because it was that's it that's is exactly, and it's movie. got. It's got an incredibly young Jason Alexander in it. He looks 12, and it's it's very odd to see Jason Alexander not look 45. Does, is he still bald? Yes. <laughs> I'd like to if just imagine Jason Alexander has always been bald. So tell me, uh, tell me more about your camping experience. Um, so when I was four, I went camping with my dad, and my dad decided that this is the time that Anthony just gets to do whatever the fuck he wants. So we went to the grocery Pretty store. Good. My dad bought me 10 pounds of candy, including Fuck a yeah. one-foot giant Tootsie Roll, uh, and I wanted it wow. because it was the Gross. biggest candy bar I'd ever seen. Uh, when we got there, my dad gave, gave me a my dad gave me a sip of beer, uh, gave me a puff oh, on a wow. cigar. Fucking what? Know, this is this is this is the early nineties. Like I didn't smoke a cigar. I didn't. I got a sip of beer. I puffed on a cigar. I ate more candy than my tiny body could uh, handle. Uh, I shared a a little inflatable mattress with my dad, and I threw up all over him that night. <laughs> <laughs> your dad sounds awesome. I'm sad that I didn't get to like know your parents more. I'm I'm sad that the only context they had for me. Was that kid who came over to their house once? Who they were pretty sure was gay and in love with you, <laughs> and they were half well, they right. Pretty sure they were positive. <laughs> <laughs> my mom, I, like my mom, talked give... about me when I started dating Jackie. She got really upset and worried that I had ruined my friendship with you because she. <laughs> oh, no! oh, Mrs. Moore, bless your sweet little yeah. heart. No. Oh no! Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, your yeah, parents are so, great. I wish I'd gotten to know uh, that better. I actually, I have, I have two camp stories. So I've been camping Hit a me. few times after that. Um, the other time, uh, me and right after I graduated from high school, like right when summer was about to end, me and all my friends decided we were gonna go on a camping trip to like 180th West in Palmdale or Lancaster. There's sure. like a campsite. Um, something like that. Uh, so we get there and we set it up and like, I had to be like the voice of reason because the guy who was planning the trip just wanted to buy like 90 bags of chips and no actual sure. meat or food. Uh, so I had to be like, no, meat we got to get food. food. Yeah. Two different things. <laughs> right. Um, um, 
so we go there and like there's like a bunch of dead trees in the forest so we didn't bring camping wood we brought an axe so we're going through and we see this giant tree that has been like uh, knocked over and it's got some really really nice wood and we start chopping away at it and none of us notice the big spray painted h with a red circle on it uh on the piece of wood the h for hive <laughs> Oh no! So as we're chopping this tree down, oh a no! Million bees started stinging oh, no! every part of our body. Bees, bees. Oh so no! I so and then you know we ran back to cab. The bees are just following us. Everybody got stung like a thousand times, and that's when I had like right. shoulder length curly hair. Uh, sure. So I had picking out bees from my hair for the rest of the weekend. Oh. Oh, no! Bees in your hair! That's the worst thing I have ever heard in my life! Uh, no! I did not think we were going to get worse than the beloved childhood character goes through a possible sexual assault. And now here you are telling me about bees in your hair! Yeah, and then and then uh, one of the guys on the trip, we're pretty sure, is a serial killer and at one point hit an axe. Uh, and we think he was sure. going to murder all of us because uh, we pissed him off. And then he just off. decided it was... It was too nice and easy. We caught him. We caught him. We caught him hiding the axe. No, we just caught him hiding the axe. We took the axe away from him. (laughs) He just thought he didn't bring it. Come on, Dave. Prepare. (laughs) And then, uh, yeah, so those are my two camping stories. I've been like a summer camper. I've gone to summer camp a bunch of times and stuff like that. Uh, Those are always super fun uh, and very Christian, but still pretty of fun course. um but yeah uh so uh this episode sees uh the it's the quintessential camping episode uh this almost runs parallel to what happened in a goofy movie when they went camping mm-hmm. uh so grandpa takes uh arnold and gerald out to the woods to experience what real roughing it is gonna be like um yeah he teaches them survival techniques he has them pitch a tent uh they learn all of these things until helga's dad big bug pataki uh the biggest jerk in the entire series shows up uh bends trees with his patented bumperizer uh yep um phoebe and helga are living a life of luxury arnold and gerald are jealous they uh decide to stick with Phoebe and Helga and realize that the stuff that grandpa told them and taught them was far more valuable than any technology that big Bob could uh, purchase from China. That's true. And valuable times are learned by all. If there's anything that this episode taught me, it's uh, don't go hiking. Just stay at the campsite. It's fine. I don't, don't like, like, stay on the trail. Like, there are trail markings, there are yeah. trailheads, there are ways to stay on a trail, and, and, uh, I want to talk about Big Bob's technology, because no, I bet you do, this buddy. is 1996, and, and he's got all of the coolest shit that definitely doesn't work, because it's 1996 and the technology isn't there yet. No, it is not. He's got... The RV2000, which, as you noted, has its patented bumperizer, which doesn't run over trees. It bends them. 
Uh, he's got a Wayfinder thing with built-in satellite. What's it? He's got a Misterator on his forehead, keeping him cool and moisturized. He's got uh, Helga's got a little wrist-mounted TV like like the Dick Tracy had, and also a refrigerator on her back, which is hilarious. And uh, it was how strong cool is shit. Helga? I could barely carry a refrigerator we... myself. Like she's you know, just hiking with I a think... giant fridge on her back. Helga is fueled by rage and resentment and also uh, other armor-related feelings. Steak and eggs. Yes, that's a, no, that's what it is. It's pure protein. She's she's very small, but she, but it's all muscle mass. Like, if you were to grab Helga's arm, it would just be like a steel cable under there. So, just the, like, and we're, we're bouncing around, but there's, I just really wanted to talk about how, and, and all of this technology, as it does, eventually fails because, um... Why would you have a camping episode where you don't actually need to use the survival techniques that your grandpa taught you? And boy, right. does grandpa teach them stuff. Yes, he does. Uh, let's see. Where's the where's the little rhyme? Where is it? Uh, teaches them how to eat berries. Red and sweet are good to eat, but I swear by the sonnet, green will make you vomit. Uh, and then they eat them anyway, and uh, <laughs> you're vomiting, aren't you, Arnold? <laughs> but... It it's you. I swear by the sonnet is the weirdest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. Is it a sonnet? What is a sonnet? No, I don't know. Hey Google, what is a sonnet? According to Wikipedia, a sonnet is a poetic form which originated at the court of the Holy Roman Emperor Frederick II in Palermo, Sicily. Sure. The 13th century poet and notary Giacomo da Lentini is sure. credited with the sonnet's invention Giacomo. and the Sicilian school of poets who surrounded him as credited. Giacomo Finane. There it is. I think we have to assume that was him. Okay. Anyway, yeah. That, so that was not helpful at all. It told us It was what... not. Thank you, Google. So the boys are miserable. They don't want to be there. They don't want to be barfing. They don't want to get sprayed, sprayed by skunks. And then they're starving. Phil is snoring them out of the tent, farting them out of the tent. And uh, uh, this Bob is also not Helga the first. This is not the only fart-based camping episode that Harold will have to deal with. Um, there is really? an entire other fart-based camping episode, and I think like it's like one of the last seasons. Mm-hmm. That's it's a recurring theme, and uh, it's because beans are something that you eat uh, on camping. I guess I don't know. I don't know why people decide beans are what you eat at camping, but. Yeah, I don't know. Grandpa. I think it's going back to like a cowboy thing because they they kept and they traveled well. I don't know. Oh, anyway, this is so all Big just Bob a big reference to Blazing Saddles. Yeah. So Big Bob arrives. The boys decide they would much rather glamp than camp uh, in the tradition of Tom from Parks and Rec. Uh, now, what's really interesting is Helga and Phoebe see that the boys are there. We uh, Big Bob once again refers to Helga as Olga. Not the first time, won't be the last. But he, um, but he, he does call Helga by her her real name uh, at the beginning of the episode. I actually wrote that down. Uh, I yeah, wrote, the, Big the Bob Olga... used her correct name, and then yeah, dot dot dot. Oops, spoke too soon. There it is. Yeah, absolutely. So. She and Phoebe are there. They find out that the boys are at the next camp, and Helga decides she's finally going to tell Arnold how she feels at Ophelia's Overlook, a notoriously romantic precipice. Okay, so let's, let's talk about the implications of Ophelia's Overlook for a second. <laughs> do let's. Absolutely. Um, Go on. Why do you think it's called Ophelia's Overlook? 
What was what was Ophelia I... best known for in Hamlet? In in Hamlet, Ophelia, if I recall, uh, went bonkers and killed herself. Yes. yes. So why do you think oh, it's called God. Ophelia's Overlook? Oh no, she built a haunted hotel there. Yep, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> this is definitely this is definitely a psycho reference and not a Hamlet reference. Yep, this is secretly in Colorado. So. Well, well, like, okay, so I don't want to, I don't want to, like, focus on this oh, for sure. a second, but if you ever yeah, go yeah. to Yosemite National Park, there is a waterfall called Widow's Falls, and the reason oh, it God. is called Widow's Falls is because more people have died trying to climb up that waterfall than any other place in the park. That's ridiculous. So, I, I definitely, that's some place where some chick killed herself. Uh, Ophelia's that's wild. Overlook. That is some um, dark shit. I had no idea. So here's here's something I wondered about. At Helga's at Helga's prompting, uh, she sees that the boys are hungry, and she and, and Bob invites them over to have uh, breakfast. They are devouring steak and eggs. So here's the thing: Do you think that Bob Pataki, like, is he a man of extremes? Like, is he is he like genuinely an okay guy with moments of huge assholeism, or is he just so negligent? Is he such a rich asshole that he's like, oh? I could buy a hundred dollars of steak and eggs every hour for my life and my, and never worry about it. Sure. These little filthy urchins can have some steak and eggs with it. Well, I don't give a shit. It's tough because like, like there's an episode later on in this season. Um, I think it's a season. It might be season two uh, where mm-hmm. uh, Helga is left alone to take care of her, to be with her father. And I think, right. I think the thing is um, big Bob, lacks the cognizance to care about anybody else from himself. I don't think he's selfish right. on purpose. He is just one of those people that is one sight, one minded, one track mind and can only think about himself until like someone tells him, Hey, think about someone else for just a second. Cause right. I, I remember in that episode, uh, Bob realizes how shitty of a father he's been to Helga and tries to buy her the WrestleMania tickets. It's not the WrestleMania. It's whatever it is. Uh, But he does have these moments where he's like, oh, hey, I should I should do this. So I don't think like he's a shitty person. I'm not going to like I'm not trying to defend this man. Right. But. But Bob is like, I'm going to make steak and eggs because I love steak and eggs. I'm going to make hundreds of dollars worth of steak and eggs because I want to eat hundreds of dollars of steak and eggs. And my daughter and her friend, they're going to have steak and eggs because I love steak and eggs. And they're going to eat the steak and eggs. And Helga's like, hey, uh, let's have my friends come over. And Bob's like, okay, I have steak and eggs. I like steak and eggs. I'm going to eat steak and eggs. I'm going to have them eat steak and eggs, too. Yeah, I don't care who else is eating steak and eggs. Yeah. And let me say, even as a huge fan of breakfast, I am big into breakfast. Uh, I don't think steak and eggs sounds that good. I feel like that's way too heavy. I feel like that's way oh, too much meat for breakfast. I love it so much. Not not those giant. And, like, they're eating, like, Gerald has, like, four or those five like steaks. T-bones. Four or yeah. five porterhouses on on his, his is like that not cartoon. the kind of steak? Is that not what steak and eggs means? Steak and eggs is usually a small, like six ounce piece of 
I, I prefer ribeye. I prefer ribeye, but they're even like stuff called breakfast steaks, which are just cheap oh. cuts of bottom rounds that you fry up in a pan okay. and eat with eggs. Um, there's something about again, about cartoons lead me astray. There's something about about an egg yolk on a piece of beef that oh fuck is yeah. just no, that super good. rich, no. and that's okay. one of the reasons why uh, um, why can't I think of the name of it? Get back to me. We'll talk about it when I remember it. Fair enough. So Arnold doesn't want to go on the hike. Uh, Helga proposes this hike. Arnold doesn't want to go and leave Phil all alone because Phil is over there camping like a uh, like a caveman. But he caves to peer pressure like a coward would do. Um, all of Bob's high-techery fritzes out and literally gets pitched off a mountain. He just throws, like, the the, the, the fridge goes off and all the shit in there is instantly rotten. Yeah, and, that, uh, I don't just... understand, like, like how that happened. Like, well, you like... see, when, you, when a refrigerator stops refrigerating, it starts heating. Those are the only two things it can do. It, if a refrigerator stops refrigerating, it keeps whatever cool is left in the fridge until that fridge is opened. The, the, the petri dish on Helga's back would suggest otherwise. I want to know how long that has been sitting in that fridge because I have had stuff that has gone bad in my fridge. It is not liquefied and turned into gunk uh, in a matter of, of a day or whatever like this has. When we moved into this house... Uh, there was already a refrigerator in the kitchen, so uh-huh. we just decided to use that one, and we put our refrigerator in the garage and cleaned out all the stuff and just left it there. It was fine. What we didn't know until about six months later is it uh, was that we had left it. Uh, no, no, no. We had left a carton of ice cream in the uh, in the freezer. Oh no! And six month old spoiled ice cream when we opened that was uh, a smell i am powerless to describe it was yeah it was it, it would have done john carpenter proud yeah the that's and that's what's happening on helga's back yeah it's like the, the contents so it of must have been in there for six months it them. must have been in there for six months because that's the only way right. it could have been like that the best thing about it is 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 uh bob like the the material starts to break uh i think it's the the gps breaks he feels like it's on the fritz cheap piece of taiwanese crap or something like that right um chucks it off the cliff and says a racist and says uh i'll sell millions yep oh that's important to note the only reason he's doing this he doesn't want to spend time with his daughter and her friend he doesn't even want to go camping he's testing all of these products and writing it off as a business expense yep uh killing two birds with one stone he does like he's like he's like I think he, in some point, he he does want to uh, spend time with his daughter, um, eh. but he does not want to waste the time that spending right. time with his daughter, which is why he keeps on saying two killing two birds with one stone. Okay, fair um, enough. Let's let's take a brief aside. I think I think it's fairly implied that Big Bob's a little bit of a racist, but like. In the if we fast forwarded twenty years, Big Bob would be wearing a MAGA hat, right? I mean, like J. Jonah Jameson and like Murray Futterman, much as I love them as characters, I, I don't see any version of events where Big Bob doesn't want to make America great again and just stopped thinking about it at the slogan. Uh no, I definitely disagree. I think Big Bob at his core is a libertarian, which is just All as right. bad as being a MAGA fan. I don't think uh-huh. he'd vote for, Federal is, though. for... I don't think he'd vote for Donald Trump, but he would vote for. Right. Uh, but he's a businessman. Gary man, Johnson, though. yeah, and oh, free fuck. enterprises is like 
the, the but core businessman, of... businessman, businessman. Yeah, small loan of my father from a million dollars. So, anyway, uh, so they... I'll sell millions. They, they they ditch all of their equipment and try to mm-hmm. figure out how to get back home. Um, uh, they let Bob, who is the adult of the of the the group, lead them home because as children, your assumption is your parents know how to get anywhere in the world uh, without right. any kind of issue. So they're walking down. Uh, hours have passed by. It's starting to get dark and. Bob finally admits that he is lost. And the way he knows he was lost is when they started seeing those signs in Spanish. (laughs) Correct. So the realization that they are goozled is upon them. But uh, despite everything, the boys training with grandpa begins to kick in. They use it to find their way, find a direction back. They use it to find food. Uh, including those little berries they saw. And Helga says something really interesting. She says, you can't eat stuff that's just growing outside. And I want to talk about that because I take a lot of shit from friends, well-wishers, and enemies whose grudging respect I have earned about the way I eat. And I'm not saying I'm wrong to take that shit, but I want to talk about like how I grew up in the 90s when food was at its processed peak before we realized how bad processed meat and processed cheese and shit like that was for you. When it was when it was a miracle of modern science that you could have, you know, d- d- bologna from Oscar Mayer and all this shit. So, like, it is, it is imprinted in my psyche. And I know it's not correct. I know it's not true that, like, when I think of meat, I think of a, like, smooth, regular, uh, probably kind of soft, like, salty – I think essentially – of Oscar Mayer bologna. And I know that's not true. Right. But if you if you hand me like a steak, like a piece of literal meat that I can tell this was a piece of an animal and I can see this has got like fat marbling through it and it's got texture, that just seems incorrect to me. And I know I know that I'm going to die because of this. <laughs> but like it's just it's really interesting that you can't eat stuff that's just growing outside because the idea that I mean like I love I also eat a ton of fruit uh, uh, all day, but like the idea that you just take this thing was growing on a tree. Like I'm just gonna take this off a tree and put it in my face, and the sharp pieces of my face are just gonna tear a piece of it off, and then I'm just gonna. I don't know. It is kind of fundamentally strange when you think about it to just like pick a thing up outside and say I'm gonna tear this thing apart and put it inside That's my so face. So weird. Like like, <laughs> and maybe like it was because I don't know if it was because you know my mom liked to cook or right or what but like my mom it was the same thing with my mom my mom only grew up with like home-cooked foods and stuff like that right. and it's the same with me but then she went over to her her friend's house and her mom gave her processed deli meat and my mom thought it was the best shit in the world because yeah, it was something it's so different than she was used to it grosses me out like like most processed food i look at it and i'm like this is unnatural like like uh so like I, yeah. I and I've always like hated bologna and stuff like that as a kid. It just grosses me out. So uh, they start eating. They start eating the berries, and then they start realizing that hey, we know how to to um, wayfind. We know how to figure out how to get home through the trail markings. Uh, like they and what I'm assuming is they were just like. Uh, 
off a wrong path. It took them like five yeah. minutes to figure out, oh, we're actually closer than we think we are. Yeah, they, at no point were they in any danger. Yeah, they, they could the probably berries, have heard Phil farting. They the berries, they, just they, came, they came back, um, they find the campsite, and they're like, okay, here's the campsite. However, we should take the long way around because, and Big Bob, being the selfish, self-centered person he is, who does not think yeah. about anything or the world around him, is like, what are you talking about? The camp's right there. He trudges through the the bushes. Uh, they're like, I was going to say that that's poison ivy. And yep. uh, leaves the free. episode ends with them all. Oh, they go and they talk to Grandpa, and they talk about how, uh, wow, Grandpa, like, we doubted you, but you really, like, helped save us. And, like, I like how cool of a sport Grandpa is the entire time. Grandpa's eating, yeah. like, those those sad... That's I wrote down that the image of Grandpa's Ar- Arnold's beans. Grandpa eating alone was one of the deeply... Was another deeply upsetting thing as me, to me as a child. Like, the idea yeah. of grandpa just sad and alone eating the the pancakes that he made for his boys because the boys are over lapjacks but but at no point did he ever make them feel bad for going and wanting to do that because i think grandpa knew at the end of the day uh they were uh he knew that what he was going they were going to come back to him they were going to realize that his way was the correct way Uh, and that's what happens and something they've touched on in previous episodes is that Phil remembers being a kid. Phil remembers when his dad or grandpa or whatever wanted him to do something the old-fashioned way, and he said, no, I'm going to do it this other way. Like, Phil Phil knows that there is a pattern and a shape to these things, and he's not afraid to let it play out. So um, the last note—go ahead. Oh, yeah, so no, they just— uh... They have all kind of gone around the campfire. Uh, even Phoebe and, and uh, Helga have uh, moved towards the the grandpa way. They're all enjoying their right. last point at the campfire. And B- Big Bob, uh, who probably has not learned a lesson uh, from no, all of this. Not. Shit um, just happens to him. There's no moral. No. Uh-uh. Is is just kind of miserable, sunburned, uh, and his feet hurt and... He's uh, itchy, he's itchy uh, from the poison. Oh, man. And the last note I have is that the gang enjoys a marshmallow vampire sing-along while Bob grouses. The last thing I wrote was, uh, I think I really admired, uh, Phoebe says, I really admired uh, Gerald's fortitude at, at, at tracking or whatever it was and i wrote that's not the only thing you admire phoebe because once again this is a subtle nod to the fact that phoebe and gerald are absolutely in love with each other uh so those are two very very different episodes uh yeah but i think it was a good like i think they they were a good pairing with each other just because of how different they were um the heaviness of the first episode versus the kind of funness of the second episode it was a nice palate cleanser yeah Absolutely. So what's the next episode, Tony? I didn't look. It is Look it up. You're the you're the historian, you're the custodian here. You're the monkey man. Uh door 16. Oh, the secret agent episode. And oh. the uh and the Arnold is Cupid the Oscar Kokoschka episode. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's it for this episode, guys. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. If you like this, please, uh, subscribe to our Twitter feed, subscribe to our Patreon, subscribe to our, uh, Discord channel, 
uh, where you can talk and interact with us. We like this show. There are other shows that we have on our network, including Dice and Virtue, uh, a D&D esque is it D and D? You guys are still doing D and D. It's D. It's it, yeah. It's five E. Uh, fifth edition campaign with Casey, uh, Dylan, and uh, Christina. Uh, there is um, the final problem with Casey and Nick. There is peculiar objects with me, Casey, and yeah. Nigel. And I think that's it right now, right? That's Am it I missing right any now. of them? Yeah. If you like our old shows, no, you can it. listen to the original Semi-Auto Magic Inc., which should be still on some sort of RSS feed. Just look us up there. Always will um, be. And as always, guys, uh, red and sweet are good to eat. Uh, but I swear by the sonnet, green will make you vomit. And stay football-headed, everybody. Oh, uh-huh.